Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got Julianne Collins Cantarella. Is that spelled <laughs> correctly, Julianne? Yes, it's actually Cantarella. So, Julianne Cantarella. Julianne Cantarella. Okay, thank you so much for putting me right there because I do like to get people's names correct. And you are a dating coach and relationship expert and just so aligned with what I teach and what I do. I'm just so excited to invite you on. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, I'm truly happy to be here. Thank you. And Julianne, can you let the listeners um, know a little bit about yourself and what led to you actually doing what you're doing? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so my story is Um, I am a social worker therapist, and I worked with people and their relationships for years prior to getting into the industry I'm in now as a dating coach. Um, Full disclosure, I'm also a matchmaker, um, but I don't really, um, I'm trying to scale that back and just do more coaching because after being in the industry for 16 years, what became very apparent to me was I could match someone with their most perfect partner, and I have, uh, but it didn't work because they they themselves didn't do the inner work. They didn't do um, make the changes, or uh, you know, made themselves um, open to receiving. I should say. Uh, so when I realized that more and more people were doing better once they in their relationships once they engaged in coaching that's when things were changing and it became really apparent to me that through coaching women especially because that's who i particularly work with were making changes and choices that were better for them long term um so i don't know if you heard that ding and i apologize i'm going to try and turn off my um my notifications. Anyway, so um, so when I saw the changes happening, that's where I said, oh, there's something really ha- you know important here that I need to explore more. Um, and, and then I, as I was doing more coaching, more and more of my clients were having successes. So it was like really exciting for me to see the changes that would happen through coaching. So that's why I'm doing more coaching and stepping away from matchmaking because people think matchmaking is a quick and easy fix and it's not. The change has to come from within. Absolutely. Very, very on board and uh, 100% agree with what you just said, because I think you know, we can go to matchmakers, we can go on dating sites and apps, but what we're intending to do is take our baggage with us, aren't we? And unless yes. we change that and heal that, we're just going to probably end up engaging in a, a relationship which is going to repeat the patterns of what's happened to us in the past, aren't we? Exactly, exactly. 
So today, um, Julianne, we discussed what would be a great topic for us to delve into today. And it was dating after divorce or after a separation. If um, you're not actually a person that's been married or been in a, the past relationship where you, there was a marriage involved, there can still be a relationship that you might have recently broken up from, whether that's long term or short term. And we thought it'd be great to delve into what's dating like after you've been divorced or separated. <laughs> so this happens to be somewhat of an area of expertise. When I first um, started coaching, I noticed I, I happened to be in Manhattan. And what I was noticing is that um, a lot of the coaches and the matchmakers focused a lot on the younger set, the 20 somethings, um, the 30 somethings and the singles over 40 were kind of being left behind. And that's when I realized that there was a need, you know, the, the unmet need for singles over 40 to be, have their hand held a little bit. So now today I work with singles over 40. I work with younger set too, but particularly those who have been divorced, widowed, come out of a long-term relationship and need the guidance and need the help. Because it's really scary once you've been in a long-term relationship and then you're faced with the prospect of having to get out there again. It can be very scary and overwhelming. And, and of course, everyone hears only the horror stories. And none of the successes we love to hear, you know, unfortunately, the horror and not necessarily well, you know, all of the good things that can come out of dating and relationships as well. So I help women navigate that modern dating world and use online dating or other ways to meet people. Because again, it's scary, but it's possible to meet someone. And I, th I also want to delve into the reason why, because I know that the majority of my audience are women and I want to delve into the reason why maybe um, women don't necessarily understand why we do target speaking and helping women. And it's because, you know, men are different to women and they think differently, they behave differently, they not only just uh, physically look different, but men are less likely to reach out for self-help because they're men, you know, they like to uh, be very solution focused for themselves so usually when it comes to self-help it is women that tend to reach out and usually just by working with women we can have a positive impact in then affecting you know the when the way that a future potential man can respond and react to to that person yeah, absolutely. You know, it, you, to your point, men are less inclined to ask for help. <laughs> I always liken it to, you know, they don't want to ask for directions. So they're not going to ask for help here too. And, and definitely, you know, I, I also see, and it's funny because I, I'm going to be posting a little video that I did. Um, I find it almost unusual that women, and I hope this isn't too controversial, but women really like to look to male coaches as guides. And it's mm. so funny because I think so often in reviewing it, 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 very often the male coaches blame the women for the behavior and the outcome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen that. It's yes. like, I, 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 I just watched, I, I, I happened to watch a video yesterday of a male coach who happens to be very well known. And he was talking about an exchange with a, a, a man and a woman. And then he blamed the woman for the outcome. Yeah. yeah. You and I 
want to empower women. We want to say to them, no, you don't have to put up with this behavior. You can be nice. You can be, you know, you don't have to be aggressive and angry because that brings in, and you know this, that masculine energy. And we don't want to do that. But what we want to do is set limits and boundaries. And we want to do that from the beginning so that we can set the stage for a healthy relationship. And I think that's what's missing for women. They, they think that, you know, if I say the right thing and I do the right movements and I do this or that, then I'm going to have the magical outcome. No, no. What you have to do is stand in your truth. What you have to do is be strong in your convictions and know that by setting limits and boundaries from the beginning around someone's behavior, that's going to have, that's going to have a better outcome for you. It's going to serve you. It's going to make you feel better and, and not second guess yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the boundaries thing, I, I don't think you can stress that enough in terms of what you've just been talking about, Julianne, because I think a lot of women are too afraid to rock the boat. They think, oh, you know, yeah. um, I'll, I'll be the bigger person. I'll forgive him. It's more loving and nurturing or more feminine to, to, to um, you know, um, allow and forgive what actually is unacceptable behavior. And actually what you're doing then is condoning that behavior and actually setting a precedent for him to keep repeating oh, that. Exactly. I always say you're setting precedent for how someone's, someone's going to treat you. Absolutely. And, and to your, to your point about the, the, you know, women thinking I'm more feminine, if I'm forgiving, you know, I do want to talk about, yeah, when you're fine, this is after the dating phase and you're in a relationship with someone and yeah, there are moments where you're going to have to be forgiving. Absolutely. And you can't always be right. But in the early stages, when someone's courting you, that's when they're telling you who they are. That's when you have to look at their behavior and say, is this behavior making me happy? Is this behavior making me comfortable? Is this behavior making me feel good about myself? And if you can't say yes to that, then you need to look at, is this person you're dating right for you? Yes. And then I think a lot of women get that very confused. I think they think, again, if I twist myself into a pretzel or I say the right thing, I'm going to get that guy I think is so wonderful. Because, and that goes back to someone being validated through someone else else's worth, right? And so the woman wants the, the six foot tall, <laughs> you know, six figure guy who's gorgeous and basically willing to compromise themselves to get that. And that's what the problem is that I see that women tend to, you know, re- forget what, what the purpose of dating is. Definitely. And the thing is that, you know, um, you don't need to fear rocking the boat. You know, if they're going to um, take offense and they might do initially, you know, you sort of setting your standards and setting your boundaries then they're not, they're not the right person for you, you know, if they can't subsequently then think, actually, you know what, actually respect her for, for what she said there. Um, and that, that's the key word, respect, you know, that, that if you do challenge and say, you know what, this, this isn't acceptable, I don't want to be with a man that, you don't have to make it about him, you just say, I don't want to be with a man that um, says he's going to uh, 
schedule a date and then keeps not showing up, for example. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, that's where we have to say, he's not showing up. He's not making me feel good. Why am I going to put my time and my energy into someone who's not making me a priority? Yeah, and um, I think you don't need to fear um, people or regardless of who they are being and showing you who they are. So for example, you know, uh, a liar will always show you that they're a liar. A cheater will always show you they're a cheater. You know, a player will always show you that they're a player. So, you know, just look and people will show you who they are. Exactly. It's that saying. It's the saying, you know, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yes. And it's always about behaviors, right? We talk, I'm, I'm sure you do too. We talk about how it's not what someone tells you. It's what someone does. Someone could tell you you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're the best thing that ever happened to them. But if they're not behaving in a way that supports those words, that's really what you need to look at, not what they're saying, what they're doing. Yeah. And so when I when I speak to women about trust, you know, and they say that they don't trust, I say you can trust because like I've just said, you can trust the liar will always be a liar. So always trust people. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You know, but to your point, when women head back into the dating world, I think that's exactly what the fear is around. Can they trust that the person they're going to meet is who they say they are? Can they trust that person's, you know, I often hear online dating, especially, which is a great tool for women to use. And I think everyone should use it carefully. Um, and the right way. But, you know, I hear, oh, all men are liars and all men are married. No, those are the, that's the salacious, you know, um, negative things that people put out there. Not all men are married. Trust me. I, 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 like I said, I've been doing this for 16 years and I've been online with my clients for 16 years and I have never had anything sinister happen. With that, I will knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have never had anybody meet someone who was married. I have never had anyone who's met someone who, you know, anything sinister. Um, You know, you do have to look at the profile and the profile will tell you if they're separated or they're divorced or they're widowed. You know, there are signs there to look for um, when you're moving through the, the online dating process. And precisely, you know, and if they haven't, um, if they have put a single and they actually are in a relationship, I think, you know, most women are switched on and will, will actually, like you said, know from their behaviour pattern that there isn't, you know, something quite right in that situation. You'll get the red flags, won't you? Oh, absolutely. Like if someone doesn't have time for you (laughs) and can only fit you in on, you know, Monday evenings between eight and 9 p.m. I mean, that is when you have to really look and say, is this person, you know, looking for a a relationship? Are they free for a relationship or, you know, what else is going on for them? What do you find, you know, when you're speaking to like you say, primarily the ladies that you work with, and I, I can honestly say it's the same for me as well, ladies and women over 40 who are either divorced or, or widowed and 
uh, probably in a situation where they've just exited a, a very long-term relationship. Uh, and, um, you know, the dating scene today is obviously very different to what it was, you know, 20 years ago, for example. Right. Yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah. So what's the sort of first steps in terms of, um, you know, helping them navigate the dating scene? Sure. So, you know, definitely working around mindset um, and understanding what the journey is going to be like for them, potentially. Um, and are they ready for everything? Well, the emotions that are going to come along with it, you know, are they ready for potentially experiencing rejection or, you know, meeting someone who they feel could be a potential, but, you know, then disappears on them and, and all the other little things in between. So it's really important to prepare your mindset for the journey. Are you ready? Are you open to receiving? And then the next step is to let's create a plan. Let's talk about the type of guy you want to meet, who you see yourself with. Um, I'd like to put a qualifier in there. I don't like my, my clients to be really hard and fast on that. <laughs> on what their vision is, right? Yeah. Because it can change on a dime. Like yes. you can meet someone and be like, I never thought I saw myself with someone like this. And yet they're a perfect match for you. So it's really about being open. But, but you know, if, if you have a master's degree and you really value um, education and that's something that I would say is important to look for in a partner. That's okay. Getting back to the six foot guy, um, I would tell you, make that last on your list. Because yes. a, man, a man's height is not a measure of his masculinity or his, or his ability to be a good partner. Like that is like last on the list. But envision the t- type of person you see yourself with. How does he make you feel when you are with him? How does he treat you? Does he make you a priority? These are the things that we really need to look at when you're looking for a partner. And then I would say, create opportunity. Create opportunity to meet someone. when you, when we were younger and we were meeting people, it was either through a friend or at work or college, what have you. Fast forward, now you have to use the modern ways of, of meeting someone, whether it be online dating through a meetup group. There's um, a, a site called Meetup that ha- has different like groups that someone could join, whether it be they're interested in wine tasting or hiking or what have you, something that is personal to you. I wouldn't suggest joining a knitting club. (laughs) There's a a less likelihood of you finding a man there. But join a group that you're interested in to meet someone. Also, I'm a big supporter of volunteering volunteer for a group that is near and dear to your heart because you're more likely to meet a like-minded person, right? So even if it's another woman you meet, maybe she has a brother, a cousin, a friend who's single, a male that you could connect with. So we women are wonderful matchmakers and we all want everybody to be happy. So that's a good way to potentially meet someone too. And then I would say, get yourself out there but take it slowly. 
know, and that's my catchphrase, slow and steady wins the race. You don't have to force it. You don't have to do, I, I am someone who believes that it's not going to just show up at your doorstep. So you do have to create a plan. You do have to, to get out there and date, um, but you don't have to force it. And by that, I mean, don't jump into the first relationship that comes along because what often happens is you're immersed in this relationship. You didn't date him really you're already you passed the dating phase you're in a relationship and the dating phase is where we can really identify if someone's a match for them you know hearkening back to the idea that you know they're gonna you're gonna spend time with them you're gonna see how they treat you if they make you a priority um, and all of that if you're in a relationship you're exclusive with someone and then all of a sudden the red flags start popping up now, what are you going to do? You're already in this relationship. Then you decide you're going to leave it and you had to go back out there and date all over again. So what I typically have my clients do is do all the difficult dating up front, date a whole bunch of different guys to compare and contrast. So in six, eight, 10 months, you're in a relationship. You've gone through the dating phase. You're then now talked about exclusivity and you don't have to get back out there and, and start the dating process all over again. That's when dating gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. That's when online dating gets a bad rap because it's, and I always say it's online dating. I've heard a hundred times, excuse my language, but online dating sucks. Online dating doesn't suck. The user sucks because you're not using it to your best of, uh, best ability. You're just taking the first warm body that comes along, the guy who you find attractive, you think is good, things seem to align and you jump right in. Mm. I will tell you, don't do that. Pace yourself, slow and steady, take your time and date as many men as you possibly can at once, yes. And there's always, I always get the question, oh, what if he asks me, you know, what if, what, how am I, am I supposed to tell him up front that I'm dating all these men? No, it's, it's truly none of his business. And I don't mean that flippantly, but it isn't. It's not his business, what you're doing. This is about you and your journey. And if he does ask you, you can say, I'm new to dating. I'm, you know, getting out there. I'm learning how it works. And I'm really doing this with the goal of meeting someone. So he understands that, you know, you're not playing games, but you're doing what's right for you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 100%. Again, really, really resonate with what you're saying and, and, and advising there. And going back, you know, to what you were saying about, um, you know, not, not necessarily going for physical attributes, but I would mm-hmm. like to reinforce you know, going with how you want a man to make you feel, you know, and concentrating on what are those things that a man uh, can do for you that are going to make you feel great and happy and um, loved and fulfilled. And, um, you know, um, rather than his physical attributes of, like you say, being six foot tall or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure you hear it all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, and and I understand there has to be chemistry, right? Mm. There definitely has to be chemistry. But let me tell you, I have seen chemistry grow. 
I have seen a, a chemistry, a friendship and a connection grow between my client and the men they meet. And it's beautiful. And, you know, I think there's this fantasy and fairy tale that, you know, there has to be skyrockets and fireworks and everything needs to be going off in order for me to feel, you know, that's my soulmate. And no, because typically what happens is there's a lot of fury and fire in the beginning and then it fizzles out. It's very nice when you can make a connection with someone on a deep, meaningful level and have those connections and experiences with them grow because that's what takes you the long haul, that and shared values. I can actually, yeah, resonate with that again a lot because I've seen it with my own clients whereby, like you said, that, you know, they've joined some sort of meetup or club and uh, they've made friends with a guy, not necessarily been instantly attracted to that guy, but, you know, like you say, over a period of time, got to know them and then, you know, started dating and then not probably even in the dating phase, the sparks flying, but, you know, after a period of time, like you say, that there is that chemistry and attraction that grows and, and can, you know, lead to a lot of passion and, and uh, sparks flying down the line. Yeah. And, and what's happening there is you learn about the person, right? It, when there's the fireworks and all of that, that's all lust, right? You're not giving room for them to learn about you and sharing yourself with them. It's all about fireworks and chemistry and, and excitement. And, and very often I see a lot of drama peppered in there as well, you know, where women think that drama is passion and somehow the relationship is passion filled when in fact it's just dysfunctional mm. and it's not serving you. And down the line, you'll find that it's not working. And unfortunately, you're either going to leave unhappy or you're going to stay in a, in a difficult relationship that's not, you know, fulfilling you on the level it should be. Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, I suppose, that it doesn't mean just because, you know, there is passion and fireworks to start with, but it's not going to be maintained or that relationship isn't going to last. We're not saying that, but, you know, on the other hand, we're saying that, you know, also give guys where that isn't the case initially, the chance for that to happen within that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. So when it comes to um, helping women choose how to be safe when they're dating in this day and age, Julianne, what, what advice do you give around that? Sure. That's a great question. Um, especially if you're using online dating, right? Um, you can meet someone organically and they could be, you know, lying to you or not presenting their genuine and authentic self. Absolutely. But when you're using online dating, there's so many things to talk about. First, I am, I, I'm one of the people who believes that you don't have to put your, your actual town where you're living. You can put the town, two towns over. If someone has a problem with that and you say, hey, listen, I'm a single woman using online dating and they don't, they're like, well, why do you have to do that? Then they don't understand you. So I, I, you can start there. If there is someone who is using language that 
doesn't seem familiar, right? It, it's, it's not the way you would speak where you're living. Um, here in the United States, uh, we don't really address each other as dear. So if someone reaches out to you in, a, in an email here in the United States and it starts out, hello, dear, I blah, 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 blah. I'm always like, that's where my antenna comes up because we mm-hmm. don't address each other as dear here. Um, it's very foreign. And so that's a, that's a clue for me. And then I watch the language because I, I should share with you, I'm online with my clients all the time. I'm, I'm in the back and I'm looking and I'm reading uh, emails and helping with emails. And you know, I look at what someone's saying and I will tell you if it doesn't seem right to you and your antenna go up, I'm fine with you just deleting them. Because the truth of the matter is, yeah, you may run the risk of deleting someone who could actually be a good match. But really, at the end of the day, the pool is so large, someone else will come along who's a better fit. And you don't have to second guess, you know, is this a real person or is this a, a fake profile? Mm. I found that uh, a lot of fake profiles, um, you know, when, when I was using dating sites, were saying that the mum was military and used yes. widowed was a common thing. Yep. Military and widowed. Same. And that was a yep. red flag for me every time I saw that. And there might have been a genuine guy that was actually military <laughs> and widowed. But, you know, when I saw that, because I'd had all those ex- previous experiences of knowing that subsequently down the line that they were fake profiles and scammers, um, unfortunately, that, 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 that to me now is a, you know, no, no. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. That and they're typically military in construction or engineer. Then they'll engage in a, you know, email exchange with you and tell you, oh, I have to go overseas to do a job. And then some tragedy hits. And that's when they'll hit you up for money to help with the tragedy. So that's the typical way it plays out, unfortunately. So uh, to your point, Lynn, if someone says that they're widowed in the military, construction, or engineer, <laughs> question it. <laughs> that, and if there's only like one or two pictures, if there's if there's like a profile that ha- someone happens to be a widow and an, in the military, and you're attracted to them, but make sure there's like a lot of good different pictures because that's typically they'll choose like one or two. Very often they hijack a profile that's left dormant. So that's the other thing that could happen. But um, just watch how how the language is and how it makes you feel. And if you're sensing that it's not real, um, then you can delete. And of course, I know I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to you never, 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 ever give money to anyone. No, you can you can 100% say that is a huge, huge red flag if they invent because it's going to be an invented drama usually isn't yep. it um, yep. but that it requires you to send them money to help them out yeah so never give money to anyone you're you're not in a relationship with this person it's it's that comes up you just delete or, or i would encourage you to block and report yes yeah i'd second that 100 percent So, Julianne, thank you so much for sharing your wise wisdom and insights today around um, dating after divorce or, you know, after coming out of a a long relationship or losing a relationship. So you've been an amazing guest and I really have enjoyed our conversation today. 
I have too. Thank you so very much for having me. What, so, Julianne, the, the benefit of the audience, what is your best contact information that you can share with them today if anybody wanted to follow up with you? Sure, you can reach me at um, my website, which is juliannecancerella.com. And you can email me through there, or you can email me at julianne at juliannecantarella.com. Excellent. Thank you so much again, Julianne. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much, Lynn. I had such a great time. <laughs> it went very fast. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Yes. So it just leaves me to say, as always, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.